Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Playing Around. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and we have a jam-packed episode today. So much has happened, but we first off want to bring in a very special guest. You know him from Kevin from The Office. I mean, if you haven't seen The Office, you've probably been living under a rock because it's one of my favorite shows and Josh and Tori as well love the show. So Brian Baumgartner is going to be joining us today. We're going to talk all things ACC because he just played in Tahoe. We're going to talk The Office and his new podcast coming out. So keep on listening. Hey, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. We are all super excited to have you. I know we are all big Office fans, and as a big golf fan, it's cool to see you being so involved in the game. So, again, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Do you know where I am right now? I'm assuming you're in Tahoe because you just played at the ACC event. I was going to – it's funny because I was going to ask you, like, how you're holding up in quarantine, and you're playing one of the most beautiful courses in Tahoe, so I'm a bit jealous right now. Yeah, I, this is the first time I've been out of my house. I'm looking (laughs) at the lake right now, out the window. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite week of the year. I just, I love this event. And when they decided this year that there were not going to be spectators and fans, it's all for charity, you know, social distancing, etc. I I was like, all right, well, it's not like normal, but I'm in. And um, it was a it was a great week. They raised a lot of money and and I got to play maybe my favorite course on the planet with a bunch of great people. And let me be clear, my best finish ever <laughs> this week. Positive numbers every day. Yes. And top half of the field. A round of applause for you. That's 30th alone. Awesome. That's amazing. I, 12 points, 12 points. 12 points. In fact, I, 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 I pulled this up and then I, I missed it. Uh, these are some <laughs> of the elite athletes that were defeated by me today or yesterday in Lake Tahoe. Tim Brown, 
I mean, a legend, football player, Jim McMahon, Super Bowl <laughs> winning court, Kyle Fuller, Shane Victorino. I'm skipping the names that aren't as impressive, but Eric Weddle, the strongest human alive, Joe Buck. I mean, he's not an athlete, but come on. Coaches, announcers, mostly Cooper Cup. <laughs> Listen, Travis Kelsey, I destroyed. Obviously, Barkley and anyway. Brian, um, Brian I, I, I just want you to know, because I'm a huge Raider fan, I wrote down who you beat, and that was Tim Brown, Marcus Allen, and, Char and Charles Woodson. Yes, all three of them I took down. Are you kidding me? And here's the funny thing. Tony Romo, who, um, you know, has won the last two years. I beat him, too. <laughs> he withdrew. He withdrew. But I still, I beat him. That's all I'm saying. Hey, that's all that counts. I want to say, though, how was it playing without the fans there? Because that event, I played it, I think, three years ago. And it is insane, especially number 17 for people who haven't seen the ACC at Edgewood. It's Crazy. I think it's almost crazier than the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale. I remember I was walking down and just got torched by a football to the head. And I just like freaked out. I was like, get me out of here. They go insane. I think that's one of the coolest things. But was it almost kind of nice to play this year without the fans and relax? And I mean, Paige, here's the thing. Until this year, when, I don't know if I mentioned, I came in 30th place and was top half the field. <laughs> Until this year, it was uh, very clear, like, I knew why I was here, right? I wasn't here to win. There's no, for those of you who don't know, you know, handicaps. There's no handicap at this event. I have zero chance to win. I have no, and I'm not even being, like, these guys are like, these Marty Fish shot 63 on Saturday. Like, that is, that is beyond all of my ability. So I know I'm not going to win. So I feel like I'm there to entertain the people who are there. And without the people there, it's weird. It's interesting. I've said the same thing about 16 uh, in, uh, in Scottsdale. Here, half, oh, I mean, more than half maybe, or, or half of the fans on that whole they haven't gone through security. They're, they're, <laughs> they bring their boats in and the, all the boats, are, and then they swim up to the beach. So there's, it's like animals that are unleashed and crazy, but uh, it's, it is my, it is my favorite place. There were, there, they were trying to be really careful. And I know on television, well, I haven't, I didn't watch it obviously because I was out there, but I think they were trying to not show a lot of the boats. It was not, it was not bad, but there were a bunch of boats. Uh, and a barricade right at the no one was allowed even on the beach yeah no it seemed like all the boats when i was watching on tv were separated it looked like they were going through all the um they were just making sure everything was safe which was great to see but yeah. what you played a couple years what's the craziest story that you have at the acc tournament this one is the this will be the easiest question that you have <laughs> um so look listen i I don't know if I mentioned uh, positive points all three days, 30th in the field. I, when I started playing in this event, it, I was definitely, I mean, I played with Charles um, a, a number of years, at, you know, way back toward the back of the pack. And, um, and so there were holes like 17 that I would get incredibly nervous and uh, double bogey is the most that you can get. So if you make a double bogey, it doesn't matter. So I, um, I had, I had a little putt 
for double bogey, which meant I was dead. And um, I pulled a lovely young lady in a bikini off of the beach <laughs> and putt for me on 17. And uh, and it was on it was on television and it was uh, it was pretty good. You Did she the make Bill the putt? Murray. You were the Bill Murray of the ACC. Yes, she made the putt. You know, the funny thing was, I mean, I don't know if it's funny. I did that, and I mean, everyone went crazy. They, it, it was a huge thing. It was on TV. The next year, I thought, well, this is my tradition. I'll do it. I got I had a little bit better golf. I had a par putt. I left it like just like right on the lip short. So I called somebody off the beach to do the same thing again, right? Because it was like so well received the year before. Well, that was for bogey, which then meant it counted. And the little tap in meant that people got up. I mean, marshals were running from everywhere <laughs> telling me that I was going to be disqualified and bought. So yeah, that's, that's, I learned, I learned very quickly. I won't do that again. <laughs> Another one of my favorite things about that tournament is the camaraderie. It feels like everyone there is just so excited to be there. And it's so fun to play the practice rounds with so many different people. And you meet athletes and actors and people from so many different fields. Who's your favorite group that you've played with? Or a couple of your favorite people that you've met? Um, well, yeah. Well, first of all, about this year. I mean, that is, that is something that made this year very special. I mean, I miss the fans. I miss that experience. But, you know, this is my 13th or 14th year in a row that I've been doing it. So I've amassed a lot of great great friendships with and i'm a huge sports fan with a lot of the you know the other people playing but you can't ever have a conversation with anyone because there are literally thousands of people around and you know you can't you, it, it's crazy so this year though there was nobody around so we were if you're familiar with it like you know between hole one and the driving range not a big area we were all just kind of standing around six to eight feet apart or whatever, but we were just, you know, I was able to stand there and have a extended conversation with Jay Billis and Steph Curry and guys, because no one was bothered. There was nobody around to bother us. It was just us hanging out. I, I heard that they had, there's something like this. There's 250 acres is Edgewood. And they got the footprint of the number of people who were on site, including any volunteer or anything else. 238 people on site. So like less than a person per acre has got to be good. So uh, that, that made it fun. I, you know, my, I got to play, uh, the folks at NBC were nice to me. Uh, yesterday actually is my favorite pairing there. We did it a few years ago. We had a caddy race uh, a couple of years, um, but uh, Aaron Rodgers and AJ Hawk are great friends of mine. And we got to play together yesterday. And that was, that was really fun. Yeah, I know Tori was like, you got to have to ask him about Aaron Rodgers. He's a big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny, because um, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. Didn't he, like, make an appearance on The Office one of the seasons? Yeah. I mean, we – so he and I met uh, the first year that I played here. He was a big fan of The Office. I didn't know who he was. Um, <laughs> he was uh, – I mean, when he said his name, I was like, oh, you're the guy from Cal, right? You're at <laughs> – um, it was actually the summer before he was a starter for the Packers. And, um, and we just became really, really good friends. And, um, and, uh, you know, we play a lot of golf together. Did I answer your question? Yeah. 
No, Mark I mean, it's it's just, it's funny that it's like, you guys are good friends. He's been on The Office before, so I see the connection. Oh, but- yeah, no. So um, on The Office, when they were looking for, it's funny, I think they had Andy Roddick or something. It was like, some, they had some sports fan. I, I, don't quote me on that, because I don't know that, that. It was something <laughs> like that in like the original draft. And I was like, do you guys want Aaron to do it? He's a big fan of the show. And they were like, would he do it? And so I called him. And he said, absolutely, wherever you want, yes, I'm in. And then the casting director for the show at one point called me and was like, so I'm going to send you paperwork for you to, and I was like, no, 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 no. I'm out of it. I put you to, you call him direct. I'm not involved. I don't want to know any of that stuff. But um, I, I, he did it not for the money, but because he was a big, big fan of the show. And I recall... I've, I, I've told a few people this. I don't remember if this is, but I, I kind of recall that he never cashed the check. He like put it on his wall or in his office or something just because he wanted that check. <laughs> oh, funny. I love that. I have, I have one question. I'm the person that knows nothing about golf. Nothing. Um, so I, my curiosity is what was it like leading up to the golf tournament? Did you guys get tested? Did you have the swab go up to your brain? Were you nervous about staying in a hotel like, how are you feeling leading up to it? Um, we were not tested. So I don't know how all those decisions were made. Um, I did have anxiety about the hotel um, and just being away from home. Um, it, there, there, there were medical protocols that we did have to go through every day. Um, and... Um, and it's funny, cause, and I was making fun of them. I, I don't think they thought I was funny, but we had they, everyone who was on site, as you had to um, go through some medical protocols and have your temperature taken and on your phone, and you got a red screen or a yellow screen or finally a green screen if you pass. And then they would put a wristband on. So I don't know if you, if anyone watched the tournament, to me, I kept saying, like, guys, it like, this looks like I was at the club last night. <laughs> like one of those like club wristband things i was like what why are we is there not some bet like at least for the 71 people that are playing in the event like if you know who we are you know we've been tested if we're here like i don't know to me it was a bad look but no nobody cared what i thought That's pretty funny, but I, I'm really glad that they played this event this year. It was fun to watch it on TV. I want to say, because it's really interesting to watch these athletes and actors and entertainers and do what they do and then try to play golf. And it's, I see them be so nervous on the golf course. How do you prepare yourself to play in these golf tournaments? And do you practice extra? Do you get nervous for them? I, I mean, because I played professionally and I would get so nervous and I was shaking at the ACC on that first hole. I have never been so nervous before having all those people around on 17 like I couldn't feel my hands I couldn't feel my legs I couldn't breathe it's intense Paige I'm actually really glad that you said that it makes me feel better (laughs) you have that feeling um I would say this year the first tee um I didn't I didn't I did not have as much anxiety though clearly some of my competitors did so i don't know if it's now i've just been there so long if it was a lack of people there i mean but on 17 i still i did still feel it i mean there were the boats but also not nearly as many i mean because that that is several thousand people are typically on that hole 
Um, I, it's, it's terrifying for me. And I have always played so bad. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm nowhere. I mean, you're a real golfer. I'm not, I'm, I'm like a seven, seven handicap now. Like I'm not terrible. I'm not going to win any turn though. If you give me strokes, I will beat the tar out of you. I promise you that. But I, I'm like, I, like, I'm not going to win this, but like up here, I play so terribly. And it's like, for us, it's like the masters and the U S open and everything like wrapped into one. So there's so much buildup and you want to play so well. And then I get so depressed every year. There's like a spot and I think it's a plaque on the wall behind the, the, the TV tower on 18 where I go and I sit with my head in my hands and I just am so <laughs> depressed every year. And this year I'm telling you, I'm in such a great mood today because of what happened. <laughs> and I, um, I think, I was talking to somebody about this this morning that I, I play a lot. And that's why I said I would beat, I'll beat you, Paige. You give me the strokes that I should get, I'll beat you. I wouldn't doubt that. <laughs> that train is never late. That train's never late, Brian. You just fell into the oldest trap. Let me just say this. With my strokes, but m match play. Mickelson is, is at the club that I'm at, and he has these bets that he wants to do with people which is uh, metal play. No, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to do that. But match play, and I think as much as I try, and I know like double boat, you can't get double bogey here. Um, I think there's just a part of my brain that I couldn't figure it out. I, it was like, I'm under a tree having to hit over a bunker and the pin is short-sided. And it's like, yeah, if I bump that off that knob over the bunker it'll roll <laughs> up really nicely and of course it doesn't and i make double and i just was making smarter truly smarter just saturday i had no doubles i probably averaged three or four i mean the leader had a double like i had zero doubles on saturday i could and i was it was, it was so many bogeys so many bogeys but i was like i didn't care i was like i just am gonna stay in it and and stay focused and that i did way better I didn't even hit the I didn't even hit the ball as well as I can I, I norm, normally play, but I just stayed with it and and as you can tell, I'm super proud of myself about it. Do you do you wish that at the ACC that they did give you guys shots or different played from different tees to make it more fair? Because I feel like it would be really interesting to watch it be a level playing field from the very beginning, and that way everyone has a shot to win because it seems like the same you know like five people have won the last twenty years. The thing that I respect about it, okay, I mean, in, in part, sure. Would I love an opportunity to win? Sure. Should there be maybe not the winner, but some secondary thing? Sure. But I will tell you, and I won't even mention names, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Doesn't win every year, but when you start, I, am, I play golf, and I play it for money. And so... No, and I'm saying, so like my handicap is legit, but all you got to do is go look at the Pebble Beach AT&T Pro-Am. That thing is a joke. It's a joke. It's not, yep. I mean, it truly is. And I, because the numbers, I mean, I've played with some of those people, again, not mentioning any names, who are <laughs> up there on the leaderboard every year, whether they win or not. And I go, that, I'm a 7-7 seven, seven, and that person 
is better than I am and they're getting 13 or 14. I'm like, I, I mean, so this eliminates all of that. They're just like, no, there's none of, and you know, the really good golfers hate that stuff too. So and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, so I don't know, should it be different? I, I wish that I had a chance to, you know, that there was something, um, but I would probably, you know, some of these guys would probably say that their handicap was higher and I would lose anyway. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Well, on the show, Kevin was a, a big better. It seems like you like to do that as well on the golf course. What's your best betting story? Uh, that you can actually say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we were talking about the guys who were here. Like I was originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and I moved away, um, but I was a huge Braves fan when they went on their run. So it was – Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox and John Smoltz all play here. And Tom Glavin several years ago invited me to his family was a fan of the show and invited me to play golf with him on one of the practice rounds. I had a blast. So now we play every year. He wasn't here this year because of all this mess, but um, first year he like thumps me. And, um, and the second year I went out with him and I shot 75 on Edgewood on the Wednesday before Ooh. and just, just thumped it. I mean, just thumped. So I have a picture of me and him with me holding money and he signed my card. And I just saw the, I was in my office and I was looking through something. I was like, why do I have an Edgewood scorecard? What a loser. And then I was like, Oh no, that's the 75 that Tom, but that's what I mean. Like I can shoot 75, 77, you know, 78, whatever. And then the tournament starts and I'll, you know, won't. It's nerve wracking, you know, under pressure, but I'm so happy to hear that you played well and you actually have something really exciting coming up too. You have a podcast coming out July 14th called An Oral History of the Office. It's a 12 episode podcast. How was that to record? Uh, it was great. We started, you know, I got, had the idea uh, for it. Um, ben Silverman, who was the executive producer on the show, who was the person responsible for getting the rights to the um, from the from the Brits, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, um, he approached me about putting something together, and and you know part of it was a desire I think for all of us to tell um, our story. People were incredibly generous with their time uh, to sit down with me, and my approach was basically boils down to this: right, we haven't shot a scene from the show in seven years, and right now, based on really any metric that you could measure. It is the most watched show in television now, seven years later. Wow. And fans, 11 years old, 12, 13, um, you know, they, they love it. And so it was really about going like, why? Like, why now is it so huge? You know, one of the things we talk about in the thing, like wrap your mind around this. In 2018, over 82 billion billion minutes were streamed on Netflix. This is like 10,000 years or something. Like it is crazy. And so we wanted to go back and look at why and sort of what were some of the decisions that were made early on in terms of casting, in terms of like how the camera was used, in terms of, um, you know, decisions that were made and people that were brought on um, that maybe contributed to the sort of universal appeal that it has today. 
I'm so excited. I know that everyone else can be excited. How do you feel when people only associate you with playing Kevin on The Office? Is that hard for you or is that something that you cherish so much because it has been such a hit and has you know, impacted so many people's lives in such a positive way? I mean, I'm tremendously proud of that. And I, you know, I mean, I, to some degree, it's like, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like, I mean, I love it. And I love the show and I'm proud of the show. But I was joking with somebody else. Like, if I'm on Instagram and I post me golfing, right, for example, there will be a dozen posts ask, telling me to not spill the chili. Like, that's <laughs> just, I mean, it just, that is a part. And I'm like, guys, come on, man. Like this is not, you know, this is a real stretch, right? If I post anything about food, oh no, no. I mean, it's like every one, and that's so. That's like okay. I mean, I think for me, um, the, the if there is a real difficult part, um, would have to do that. You know, I came from theater, so I was, you know, for me, it was about creating a character. I know it sounds like nerdy or whatever, but like that's that's what I was doing. And I think that, um, well, there will, if you have a message board on this podcast, there will be a lot of discussion about my voice and wanting to me to sound more like I do on the show. Like that, and that's like, come on guys, you're supposedly <laughs> fans, like you gotta let me do other things, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting and, and, and in part, uh, because of that reason um it's not like we on the podcast it's like no i think it's literally the first thing that we say which it it basically is like you i am you are hearing me in a different way than you probably know that i sound and that's because that was a character and this is me so um you know we call it out really for that specific reason and um uh, you know i'm i'm really proud of the podcast and the the time that I got to spend, you know, we all really were close. It's not like a fake, uh, that's not like fake hashtag fake news. We <laughs> really were close, but you know, like, uh, well, I don't think it's a secret. Like John Krasinski moved. He doesn't live in the same city. I moved. don't live in the same city anymore. So, you know, we'll text, we'll this, but like to be able to get together and, and talk about those old times and spend a day um, and, and do that as was really, really fun for me. That's awesome. I mean, I still don't even talk to my college friends. So the fact that you guys can still keep that close of a relationship is great. But Josh, I think you have a question. Yeah, so um, you, I know, Brian, I went through a lot of your um, your history and you did a lot of theater. Obviously, a lot of office is comes from an improv background, as did I, and, and, and so I was curious, number one, what was your, what was that improv and how did that help you guys with The Office? And then two, going forward onto this podcast, are you pretty regimented or are you allowing for a little bit more play? Oh, there's a lot of play. I mean, I mean, part of it is, well, I'll back up. I think one of the unique things about the cast and why, why this setup so specifically helped us was you know, we were all sort of stuck in that one office together for 
out, I mean, 12, 14 hours a day. And you're talking about nine, 10 years. And the people that they assembled, you know, like myself and Rain Wilson, we really came from theater, like straight, like Shakespeare and shit, right? Like, <laughs> well, Berkeley rep, right? You were Berkeley rep, right? Yeah, Ber Berkeley rep, that's right. And then like, you have, um, you know, uh, Kate Flannery who played Meredith and, and Steve Carell who came from Second City, Oscar Nunez and um, Angela Kinsey who came from improv. Then you have like Craig Robinson and BJ Novak who are really stand up guys. So it was sort of like a whole, um, you know, a, just a, a whole group of people with different backgrounds that all just worked really well together. So um, my training was not in improv at all. Um, you know, I, I think I found that, that it was a skill that I had and specifically the accountants in the corner, Oscar and Angela, and they're amazing improvisers. It was really, really fun to play. And we were given the, the space to, to play, but it's part of it is just familiarity, right? Like you, I don't, I mean, you can't, you say you came from improv, like you start a group and you have these people and you're, 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 but once you've been together for years and not just that, you're playing the same character for years. It becomes like an all-star game dunk highlight, right? Because Angela knows exactly what to say to me and I know what to say to her and Oscar as well. Like, and so that, that try, I kind of call us the perfect triangle in the corner because of just the difference of those three characters and how they fit together is sort of like a perfect triangle of comedy not saying that i executed on that but that sort of the setup was perfect oh, that's Absolutely. awesome so where can we find your podcast spotify it uh july 14th we will launch uh the first three episodes um take us through the beginning through the casting you'll hear from from everyone um about casting the pilot which is the first episode and then through the pilot in season one and you know, we spend a bunch of time in the beginning also what people don't realize. I mean, some people just think the show always existed on Netflix, right? Like, I mean, there's part of it is that. So like going back and telling the story, like, no, no, no. You had to like be at home at nine o'clock on Thursday night to watch this. That was the only way to do it. Um, and so um, we were truly, truly like dead on arrival, like going to be canceled for sure the first two years. And so, you know, we get into what decisions happen, what happened that that sort of took us from being DOA to, um, you know, at the end of our second season, uh, winning the Emmy. Well, I can't wait to listen. And I just want to thank you so much for being on today, being so gracious with your time. And if you're ever in Arizona, please let me know because we need to get that match. Because I don't know if you can beat me or not. I don't know. You got to give me strokes and you got to be fair, but I will be fair. All right. PXG troops, we, we will do it. We will find <laughs> a place to do it. All right. I'm so down. Thank you so much for coming on today. All right. All right. Thanks, Paige. I'm leaving now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. So I officially love Brian. He is amazing, super funny, and I don't know. If he's a seven handicap and he's pretty legit about saying that he would beat me, I kind of feel like he might beat me, not going to lie. Wait a sec, PG. I just want you to know he shot 80. I looked it up. He shot 84, 87, 85 at Edgewood. Now, you know Edgewood, and you know, you know, he didn't have to play under the crowds, though. So I'm just telling you those were his scores. Seven sevens, a seven seven index is kind of like a nine, nine and a half. So if you had to only give him seven, I think you got him every which way. Yeah, I, I played the ACC tournament uh, three years ago, and it is a crazy event. But it's, it's different when these guys play under pressure. I know they didn't have crowds, but still when you have to tee it up and keep your score, it's so much harder than when you're going out and just playing a fun game. And these guys just light it up when they're playing for money, for a lot of money too, I might add. They like turn into completely different players. So when he said he shot 75, that kind of – Kind of got me a little nervous because if I have to give him around seven shots, I'm going to have to play pretty solid and go pretty low. But, God, those guys at Edgewood played amazing. Marty Fish, all they do is play golf. I'll say that. But still to be, you know, such an amazing athlete and then come out and still be good at golf, I mean, it's it's impressive. Yeah, you still got to make – Marty Fish had ten birdies. You still got to make ten putts. I mean, like – 
that 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 was absolutely incredible i wanted to ask you though like i watched it and i was without the crowds that tournament is so i, I don't want to poo on it but that was so much less than you know it was like I can watch Charles Barkley screw up like three times and then I'm kind of like, oh, really? I will say that it was impressive that they gave all of the money to charity this year since normally they play for a fair amount of money, actually. My, that was the year when I played there. It was the year I was still playing professionally and my biggest check came from the ACC. So How <laughs> <laughs> much you make? I finished, I think, top 20. I don't remember, but I made like a good amount of money. And I was like, yeah, I'm not playing professionally anymore. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah, so, <laughs> nice. It was, it was pretty fun. But I mean, the fact that they gave all of that money back to charity, awesome. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard with no crowds. But you know what was even more exciting was the PGA Tour event. Ooh. That playoff was incredible. Incredible. We had the playoff between Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. And if you remember last time in a playoff, Colin missed a very short putt and he had another very short putt to get into the playoff. And that thing did a 360, almost didn't go in. You could just see he went completely white. Like yeah. He, <laughs> he was nervous. Like he was shaking that that putt almost didn't go in. But he ended up making it. And then I, I thought Justin was going to pull it out, but those two long putts that they made was incredible. I screamed at home alone in the morning. I was screaming. I was so excited. It was so funny too, because that, you know, I, I was so invested and I, cause I'm a big Colin um, fan. I just love the way he just, he's so pure. He's, he doesn't hit the ball very far. He's just such a pure golfer. So I was watching and I was so into it. And then, but the, the funny thing is JT had a three stroke lead with three to play. Colin doesn't do any, all, Colin goes one under for those last three holes. Nothing spectacular gets into the playoff. So I was kind of like, well, this is not the tiger era where someone just wrestles it away. They were kind of giving each other chances. And then, and then a 50-foot putt for JT, answered by a 24-foot putt from Colin. Yes, both of those things were the most exciting thing. But like you said, he rattled around a two-footer, um, like hints of Colonial all over again. Um, but I was really shocked that JT gave, gave it up with three, to play, three up and three to play. Well, people were super heated on Twitter that it wasn't on TV, and I have some thoughts about this. So on the final round, they moved the tee times up. So it was live streamed on the CBS Golf app or sports app, and it wasn't going to be on TV until later. And people were so upset about it because their precious golf tournament wasn't on TV and they were getting mad. I understand shitting on the telecast. We do it all the time, but this was out of their control, right? out of their control. And everyone was saying, well, it's the contracts. Yes, it is the fucking contracts. These are multi-million dollar contracts. You can't just move it up and, and put it on TV. It doesn't work that way. And to be that upset about it, pull up your app. It, it was free. It was free to stream on your phone. 
it wasn't that hard. I was really upset that people were making such a big deal about it and complaining about it. They did the best that they could. I think they did it a really good job. It's the same thing when they watch, you know, football. Your team is not always on TV. What do you do? You stream it from your phone. It's the same thing with golf. We have golf on TV every tournament, Thursday through Sunday. Every single round, we have a fucking golf channel. Golf is on 24 <laughs> seven and you're this upset because it's one round of golf that's going to be played later on. It's not like they didn't show it. It was streamed and then it was on later on. I don't I don't understand why people are this upset about it. Well, it's it, it goes it goes right back to the same things, the same complaints you have, PG, which is you're talking about the people that are complaining are the people that still only have a cable box and don't get on that crazy internet machine, you know, for anything other than to email their grandkids. But that's not actually true because if they have the time to shit about it on Twitter, then they can easily pull it up on their phone. You, If you know how to tweet, you should know how to live stream. It, it's not that difficult at all. And it would just drove me insane. Like, you can't have every single round perfectly on TV all the time. What were they going to do? Move it up? just so people could watch golf. I, I don't I don't get what their thinking was. You can't do that. If I'm under contract, I can't just change it up. That's not what my contract is. I can't just do something different. That's the way it works. Having a TV, the rights in the contract is important. You can't just change it. The, their arguments were so stupid. I think they just wanted to shit on the PGA Tour and CBS just to, just to do it and just to complain about it. Like you had the opportunity to watch golf twice. They had it on later on and they had it on the live stream and it was all over social media. It was like it was live. You have no room to complain about this. None at all. Yep. And I'll retract. You're right. If you can tweet, you can, you can stream. So I got a couple of questions for you about this. Okay. Um, about Muirfield Village. Have you ever played it? No, I haven't, but I really want one of their milkshakes. When Colin was holding the trophy and the milkshake, all I wanted was the milkshake. I think if people said, hey, we're going to give you a milkshake after, I probably would have played 10 times better. Nice. It's funny because when I was playing competitively, when I played well, we would always go get ice cream. And if I played bad, we'd get even more ice cream. So that was always a motivator for me. Nice. Um, all right, so so they're they're going to play this course twice in a row now, right? I mean, the memorial's coming up, um, 7,400 yards, but Colin Colin's definitely on the low end of distance. One 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 here. Um, do you think they're going to do anything, or do you do you think it's interesting that they're playing the same course again? I think it's interesting, and it, it's going to show how different you can make a golf course just by changing the course conditions. So if they decide to narrow the fairways up or grow the rough up or change the pins, make the greens more firm, fast, it's really going to impact how the golf course plays, and, I, and you're probably going to see that with the scores. I'm excited for Tiger to be back. It's going to be really interesting watching Tiger play without any fans because since – now I haven't really noticed a big difference. I actually enjoy watching golf a lot more on TV without fans being there. But if Tiger's in, conten in contention, you're not gonna hear those Tiger roars like we're used to. So it's definitely gonna be interesting to see. And I am praying and hoping we have a Brooks Bryson matchup first tee. I need to see that, I need that in my life. Did you see what he posted on social media? Wait, which, one, Brooks, which one, Brooks or Bryson? Brooks, did you see what he posted? No. 
he posted a meme of Kenny Powers, and <laughs> it was when people asked, basically insinuating that Bryson is using steroids. Yes, excellent. That how 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 did that go for him? <laughs> Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Good and bad. I think a lot of people obviously love when Brooks mixes it up and just brings it. I mean, he's saying what everyone else is either thinking or wants to say, and he's just so outwardly for it. A lot of people in golf media were like, eh, maybe not. Like, you shouldn't maybe say that because that's a pretty, you know, big allegation. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm on Brooks's side here, not going to lie, because I, I – de- I DM'd Bryson maybe three months ago or so, and I said, hey, a huge fan, would love to have you on the show. Never responded. So we're Team Brooks now. We're okay. And then, like, that's a big thing because, you know, we've talked about steroids in other sports before. Do you think it's finally on golf's doorstep? You know, here's what I want. I want golf to have a steroids era. I just want everyone to be injected <laughs> up and just see bombs. Like, can you imagine Phil Mickelson just roided out, just bombing it? I think that would be the best thing for golf. I would die to see that. I, I, I'm all for it. Okay, cool. So, so they take their temperature, you know, now they take their temperature and then just like needle to the ass, just straight up. It melts the thermometer because of the roids. Um, so, so you, so, so then, um, you think then uh, more pros are going to follow Bryson's regime, whatever that might be. No, no, no one's going to be doing that. Here's the thing. So, Tony Finau had a video recently where he hit full out drive and had Bryson numbers. What people aren't realizing with Bryson is, yes, he has put on weight. I don't know. You can call it fat or muscle, whatever you want to call it. He's <laughs> put on weight. I think you called it both, PG. We'll, we'll call it weight. He's put on weight. He's also changed his swing. And he's also swinging out of his shoes. Right. He is swinging so incredibly hard. A lot of the guys on tour have that power, but they choose not to. So when everyone's saying Bryce is changing the game, no, these guys can do that. There a lot of guys who probably hit a lot farther than Bryson, but they're just choosing not to do that. So I don't know if they're going to then start swinging harder, but I don't think it has nothing to do with their diet or how much protein they're drinking or eating. It, they're making it into something that's not because golf is so fucking boring that you need something to talk about. And so they're going <laughs> to cling on to the fact that he has like, Four eggs and five pieces of bacon in the morning. Do you know how many people have four eggs and five pieces of bacon in the morning and they don't hit it at 350? So I, I, I'll I, be interested to see if the guys will start to hit it farther, but I think that they're going to start to change the courses, so make the fairways more narrow, like I said, bring the rough up. One other thing is, that, do you like it in your field? They, made the, they moved the tees actually up on number 14 to make it a possible driving hole, par four. They, 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 so they literally moved the tee boxes up and then allowed allowed pros to go for it. I think, and I know I know Colin went for it. A lot of people laid up. Justin laid up, uh, but like Hovland went for it. I mean, there were there's a chance. So, do you like that idea? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think that you need to have you need diversity every single week. So sometimes you want a course where the bombers can shine. Sometimes you want a real ball striking golf course. Sometimes you, you know, everything needs to be a little bit different and always comes down to the courses. So they, like I said, they can change the course to fit 
the play that they want, but it all comes down to how good you're putting. If you're not putting well, then you're not going to win the tournament anyways. But I want to say, if you think if Tiger wins, he's going to pose like Colin with a milkshake and the trophy. Like, did you see this? Did you, can you see him just like sucking on the straw with his little trophy next to him? So, he was so cute. So he's cute. so cute. <laughs> but I'm excited for next week. It's going to be a great tournament all the golf has been awesome i love the fact that the scores have been low there's been a lot of playoffs there's been a lot of drama it's been really fun to watch and i'm so happy that golf is back and it's been doing really well here here okay so we're moving on to our next segment so keep on listening josh is going to ask me some questions we're doing some tna <laughs> This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, Josh, we're going to do some quick fire questions. I'm ready. Yeah, Josh, dudes. These are Josh's dudes. They're, uh, they want to know more from PG. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. First, you talk a, a lot about um, golf apparel looking cute on a golf course. What would you like to see a man wear on a golf course? There's so many great brands, and I think it's really easy for guys to look good. So Travis Matthew is a great one for guys of all ages. Devro is a newer brand. It's I would consider that like a Travis Matthew, but a little bit more stylish, maybe a little bit younger. 
but their clothes are amazing. Lululemon makes good golf clothes. G4 is a little bit more expensive, but if you wear that, you're going to look good. But I have a question. Do you think that guys should wear matching outfits for a member guest? <laughs> oh my God, I have, I have a lot to say about that. Because I feel like that is more of an important question because I have seen some crazy outfits from guys on member guests where they will match. They're wearing loud mouth. They go all for it. And if you want to do that, guys, I recommend going color coordinated instead of matching outfits. That's just my two cents on that. Interesting. A little classier, right? Well, I will, t- I, will t- I will tell you a story. I, I grew up and, and my my folks still live in the same small town that I grew up in. And I started, I I played golf on the same course, grew up, shagged balls all through high school. Then when I came back, you know, to visit my folks, I would play in my dad's invitational at his course. And I used to make fun of all those guys. And then my dad decided, okay, we're wearing the same. So we wore the same jerseys in our invitational. And these are all the people I grew up with. And so I said, all right, if we're going to wear the same, I get to pick. So I rock, would rock the Bill Murray camo shorts and like a, and a red, but I will show you a picture. We used to, we, so I, I have to sort of take whatever punishment I'm going to get. I used to do that with my dad every year. I will say it's kind of a mind fuck though, because if I lose to two guys <laughs> wearing matching outfits, I am destroyed the rest of the day. I'm like, how could I let myself lose to Ricky Fowler lookalikes. How could I do that? So if you come up wearing a matching outfit and you are confident <laughs> and you play well, you you are already a winner on the first tee because you're in everyone's mind even before you tee off. So maybe I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to say wear a matching outfit. And if you're going to do it, you're going to go all for it. Good tip. Okay, excellent. Moving on. I love that. What is What is the most unattractive thing a man can do on a golf course? get angry and make excuses. I think I've said this before, but there is nothing more unattractive than a guy who isn't that good at golf. I don't mind if you're not good at golf. I actually prefer it. I want to play with someone who's not really good because then they're going to think I'm great. And that's (laughs) all I want in life is for people to think I'm a good golfer. I don't want you beating me. I don't want you competing with me. I want you to play bad, but don't be, don't get mad about it. When guys get mad and they're throwing clubs and they're cussing and they're making excuses, I automatically, I'm, I'm so turned off by that. I do not want to be around that. I think it's, if you're on the first tee and you say one of these three things, oh, I haven't practiced in so long. I don't know how this is going to go. Or, man, <laughs> I normally hit it like 350. I don't know why I just hit it 260. Right. Any any of those excuses or, I mean, oh, I'm a little sore. I just worked out. I mean, all that time in the gym, I just don't know how it's going to go. Don't. If you're thinking about it, don't do it. Don't make excuses. And especially if you're playing with future business partners, hold your composure. That is the biggest advice I could give you because the way that you play around a golf is really showing to who you are as a person and it will show them how you're going to be working with them in business. So if you are a hothead, they're probably not going to work with you. But if you're calm, cool, and collected, they're going to be more apt to work with you. So hold your composure and don't be that guy. Just don't make an excuse. Just hit a bad shot, zip your mouth, don't say anything. Good tip. Although I do think you actually, when we played, you said, I, what did I do a lot? 
that I didn't even know I was doing? Like I was saying fuck a lot or something like that? You would have, you, you'd make impact and then a second after you go fucking shit and then you would just <laughs> let go of the club and you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even pose or look for it. And then all of us had to look for your golf ball because you were too busy being dramatic about it. <laughs> Perfect. Moving on. Can we move on now? <laughs> we can move on. Okay, great. All right. So it, I, I said it earlier, we were talking to Brian. I said the train's never late because everyone, every guy says that they can take you on with strokes, right? So the question is, how, what is the average amount of strokes you have to give a male golfer? Seven to 12. Seven to 12. Well, Brian's right there at seven, right? It's, so it depends. If I'm playing from the same tees as them and it's the tips, I'll be less shots. If I'm playing from either the front tees or the tees that I normally play, then I'll give them more shots. But normally they're coming into it super cocky and confident and saying that they can beat me and they're ready for this. And so if they're not asking for a lot of shots, <laughs> not going to give it to them. I want to win too. So I go off of what they say. If they say I want 12 shots, I'll give them 12 shots. If they say they want five shots, I'll give them five shots. Do you ever haggle? All the time. <laughs> All the time. Well, like, aren't you supposed to play Mentory, Bob Mentory? I think he chickened out with that. I don't know what happened. I think he had a little bit of a bender in Scottsdale and forgot about me. Uh, so so we're, we're, we're not doing that anymore. No one wants to play with me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm not very fun. Or maybe because I just don't give him enough shots. I think that's probably what it is. I think that's but, what it is. But did you see on, Insta or on Twitter the other day that a guy said that a four handicap could go on the LPGA Tour and win? No. Dead serious. He said a four handicap could go play on the LPJ tour and dominate and win because they're playing from a shorter yardage. I'm just going to say this now, and I think this is a misconception about me as well, is when I play with guys, they always assume that I play from the ladies' tees, and the ladies' tees are the front tees, and they don't realize that I'm shooting the scores that I'm shooting from the tips. So when I say that I'm shooting, oh, you know, a 70, 72, I'm playing from the back tees. If you want me up at the front tees, same with LPJ girls, they're not going to shoot less than a 65. It, it's just how it is. And so I think that they just don't think these women are all that good. And so when I'm playing with these guys or about to play with these guys, they just, they can't comprehend that a female can actually be good at golf or that she can hit it that far. And so they're like, oh, I'm not gonna give her that many shots or oh, we'll be pretty even, even though I'm like a 20 handicap and she played professionally, I could take her. I don't understand how they think that they can actually compete at a professional level when they're just not that good. Who, who said this? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's like, that's worse than what, um, what McEnroe said about Serena, I mean, this is, a four handicap can win at the LPGA is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who is this guy? He was a, just an anonymous guy. I think he had like 50 followers. Oh, so he, you're... He, he trolled and he won. Yo, the, I, I forgot. Pro Tour, I forgot who we were talking to. Peachy loves her trolls. She loves. She loves. Freaking music. <laughs> 
<laughs> How embarrassed were you that that happened when you were talking to Brian? <laughs> I just like that at the start. I'm like, hi, yes, and the, I'm the engineer. Your audio sounds great. Thank you. And then all of a sudden he's like, what? And I'm like talking and <laughs> I need a cocktail. I need a cocktail already. <laughs> oh, God. Um, she didn't even finish what she was going to say either. Yeah. I blacked out. What happened? What did we ask? Nothing. She loves her trolls. She yes. loves her trolls and her creeps. That's her creepy that's trolls. Her All right. Hey, look, that's perfect. I mean, speaking of creepy trolls, I mean, I say we just roll this bad boy right into TNA. Let's do it. All right. This is from Talmadge. Paige, a group of friends and I are planning a guy's golf trip, bro, for spring of next year. There are a bunch of cities as destination choices that are all up to a group poll, one of which is Phoenix, which, thanks to you, I am partial to. What suggestions of courses, food, and entertainment can you give that can help sway the group decision? Phoenix is on you right now, PG. It's a great place to go. I think that it has everything that you'd be looking for in a guy's golf trip. Another really great option, as I always say, is Bandon. That is the ultimate guy's getaway to play golf. But the only thing about Bandon is that if you want to go out and go to a club, that's not really an option. But here in Scottsdale, you still have access to amazing golf courses. So many golf courses. It doesn't matter what your budget is. You can still play a really nice golf course for $50, or you can go play a really exclusive golf course. It's all accessible here. But at night, you can go down to Old Town and hit a bottled blonde, and it's like you're in Vegas. So you kind of get the best of both both worlds here. And depending on the time of the year that you go, if you're looking to go out, I mean, you have ASU really close. You got a lot of really pretty girls here in Scottsdale, but it's not as expensive as saying if you go to somewhere in California, like in LA, you're not spending, you know, $30 on a shot of Fireball. Like you can still have a good time and it's not as expensive as other places. For golf courses, again, it's really hard to say what course you should play when I don't know your budget for some really good public golf courses, Papago's Great, McCormick Ranch, Mountain Shadows is a fun par three golf course. Next tier up, I would say the Phoenician, Camelback are two really great resort courses. And then up from that, you have Greyhawk, um, Wicopa, True North. And then up from that, which you get to the private courses, but if you have a hookup, I would say definitely go to Whisper Rock or Silverleaf. So there's so many different golf courses that you can go to. And then food, there's a pretty big food scene here now as well. Um, you can go down to downtown Phoenix. They're kind of building that location up, or that area up a lot more. But I would say stay in Scottsdale. Old Town area is exactly where you want to be. Nice. All right. Perfect. Um this is from, are we moving on? That was good. Uh, uh, this is from Sazid. Is this the guy that always talks to you? He is our biggest fan yeah. of this podcast and I am in love with him. Yes. He is the best ever. He messages me all the time and he's the most supportive person I have ever met through a DM. <laughs> well, then let's give him some, okay, good. I'm glad I, I brought that up. Okay, he has a question for you. Uh, how do you approach a shot when your ball is in the bunker? As a beginner, I find the bunker to be one of the most intimidating things on the course and would love to know your approach to it. 
wait a sec, did Sazie just start golf because of you? If I did, I'm growing the game, and that is incredible. <laughs> Great answer. Okay, please continue. So I actually just started a new series on Instagram, and it's called Quickies with Paige, where I give you quick golf tips. And I recently did one out of the bunker. A lot of people really struggle and have a lot of fear and anxiety with bunker shots, but it's actually one of the easier shots once you get the technique down. It's very simple. So have an open club. You want to choke down, stand a little bit farther away from it so you can lower your hands. Then you want to have a very wide base, wide stance. Weight is on your front foot. And when you turn around, you're turning on your front leg. You want to cock your wrist, stay really close to your body. And then when you're at the top of your swing, this is the biggest part, have the club head fall from the top. So you want to feel like you're almost throwing your hands. You do not want to have the butt end of the club pull down first. You want to have the club head drop first. And then from there, you don't have to put in any effort. Just have a little bit of confidence in what you're doing and commit to the shot. And that's all you need to do. There's another way you can do another technique is where you have an open stance and you swing along your toe line. You kind of cut across the ball. Your stance is very open. I found that to be very difficult, especially for beginner golfers. But with the technique that I said first, it's very simple. All you have to do is kind of cast your hands, throw it down, and the club is going to do all the work and it just pops up. You almost don't even have to follow through if you have enough effort down through it. So try that technique out and I'm sure you'll be great out of bunkers. Perfect. And I saw the quickies and I like them and appropriate sexual innuendo as well, Paige. So good job. That's all I'm good at. I, you know, if, if none of this works in my life, if there's a job where I can just come up with sexual innuendos, I think that's it. That's my life calling right there. Okay, one more. What? Uh, oh, this one's a good one because this is this is one you could spend time on. What condiments would you like to choose if five of your fingers could dispense your favorites? For me, it would be ketchup. Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, sriracha sauce, Chick-fil-A sauce, and honey mustard. That's a great question. Yes. Ketchup for sure. Ranch would be second. Honey mustard. Um, I'm not a big spicy person, so I, I don't like sriracha, which I feel like I just offended so many people with that one. That's it. I, I don't, I'm not like a big condiments person. I like things very simple. When I eat like anything, I will dissect it into parts. I can never eat anything together. And so I just don't like a lot of things on any of my food. Well, I think it's fair to say then that you could do um, chocolate syrup from the thumb and whipped cream from the pinky. I didn't think about sweet stuff. You're right. Oh my gosh. I would do caramel sauce, marshmallow sauce, <laughs> and chocolate sauce. Okay. Yeah, so keep so so keep your condiments. Paige has got her own for sure. Thank you guys so much for your questions. I love them so much. I hope you guys enjoy them as well. And this has been a bit of a crowd favorite is Tori and I talking about dating and sex. So we're gonna talk about that next on the next segment. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. 
They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Okay, Tori, the last couple dating segments that we've done, we talked about how to find a guy and then how to be ghosted. But what do you do when you're actually in a relationship and you need to keep it fresh? So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm so glad you came to the person to talk about this who's in a very serious relationship herself, totally knows how to keep things alive. Just kidding. I'm single as hell. I feel like you say that every single time just so people will start DMing you. I actually have so a guy who listens to this podcast all the time. Oh, I'm scared. And he Sazid? <laughs> not Sazid. Not Sazid. So he sent me a message and it was after the sexing segment. And it was him in his work clothes and he was like, What do you think? And I was like, Tori would love this. And he's like, Okay, should I send it to her? And I'm like, Yes. Are so you kidding said- me? Do you know how many blurred photos I've been having sent to my DMs and I'm deathly afraid to open them? And you're over here being like, keep sending, keep sending. She's going to love it. And I'm like, I am terrified from your stories to click on this blurred image. I can't unsee it if it's something I don't want to see. You know, this whole time you're complaining about being single. So I am just doing my part as your wing woman and I'm sending men your way in tons of men so open up those images let's see what they're working with Mm, hard no keep going how are you keeping relationships nice and spicy right now i think this is definitely topical with quarantine going on and you're stuck with your significant other and things might be a little bit rocky right now i feel like we've said this before you're either gonna end up breaking up or you're gonna end up with a baby 
or both. Who knows? But definitely right. not happy. So how do we create some happy relationships? And I think the first thing and the most important thing is to just put some effort into it. I know that anytime that mm. I've been in a serious relationship, not many. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to talk about the one with the blowjob? Are you talking about the one that... <laughs> Because if you're saying it takes effort, it's a lot of the, the one-way streets sometimes over there, Paige. Yeah. And when I mean serious relationship, we're talking like two weeks. So uh, anyways, guys, just put some effort into it. I think that you can do some really cute date nights. So you can do a home movie together. You can act like you're going out to a restaurant even though you're at home. You can do cook together. But tip for the guys and this is very important if you're going to do something like that have a good attitude going into it don't mm. be complaining don't say oh, i don't want to cook with you i don't want to do this i don't want to do that because guys if you say yes and you're enthusiastic about it you are going to be rewarded at the end of the night so just have an attitude a good attitude just for a little bit just for a little bit you guys it's can, not even for oh. just having a good heart and being excited. It's just to get the reward at the end of the night is what Paige is telling you. <laughs> You're like, be charismatic. Support it. Just so you can get to the the pot of gold at the end of the night. You know, it's like my dog. If I want him to do a trick, I have a treat in my hand. He's not just going to do it to do it, you know. But we have to be honest here, Paige. We have to be honest. Men do not like to put in effort. So what is something a guy can do that's easy, quick, doesn't cause a lot of inconvenience to make a girl feel special? Do laundry. You can Oh. You can clean up. You can without being asked. I think if you do things without being asked, maybe just vacuum or clean the bathroom or clean the kitchen or do the sm something that's so small but makes such a big difference. Just putting a little bit of effort. And I think just one thing that I've always missed when I was in relationships was being single and like the very first two weeks that you're talking to someone, that excitement and you're trying to impress the other person. So try to get back to that. So either it's maybe if you guys are going to do a date night at home, look nice, put some makeup on, you know, put a nice outfit on, put in that effort or you know, this is something that I've done before, too. Before you go to bed, say one thing you love about the other person. It's such hmm. a small act, but it makes such a big difference. And it doesn't have to be, you know, this really grand gesture. It could really just be like, you know, I, I love how caring you are towards the kids. Or I love how you smile during. It doesn't have to be a big thing, but just small little acts make such a big difference. And you guys will get laid after it. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> just, just do that. Wait, Paige, question. Are you a flowers girl? Do you like when a guy brings you flowers? Mm, again, I don't, I'm not like you, you need to bring me flowers. I like more of just this small gesture. So it's the fact that they thought about me enough to get me flowers. I think that's really cute. But if they get me candy or anything, but I'm not like a huge gift person. I don't expect jewelry. I don't expect a lot of things, mm -hmm. but it's like the smaller things, like when they would clean the house or if it's, they write like a handwritten note. It's like that means a lot more to me than, you know, just buying a gift. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So you were like, just take out the trash with me for without me asking. And that's kind of equivalent to you thinking about flowers. It's all in the same, same playing field. Interesting. And girls, if you are... <laughs> I, 
I do this. Uh-oh. So this is a big one. <laughs> if you are you going to, to <laughs> anytime you start to t- tell a story and then you pause and you have to like set it up, you know, it's going to be good. This one's not that good, but if you guys are doing like a fun date night together, don't be a nag. Girls, don't be a nag. That kills the mood completely. If a guy decides to clean the kitchen or if you guys are doing a date night and you guys are cooking together, don't keep telling him how he's doing everything wrong because that is going to completely kill the mood. Support him. Have fun with it. Yes, maybe they did it wrong, but they still did it and they put the effort into it. So say thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. That is such a big thing, but I see so, and I do this too, like, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. I'll just do it myself. And that is, that's horrible. The worst thing you could do. Wait, do you feel like you were in a nag, you were a naggy person in your past relationships? I am controlling, I would say. Oh, nice. (laughs) Not in like a bad way. But I just like things to be done in a certain way. And I like plans. I like things being how they are. And so if someone's not doing something right, it's hard for me to let go of that and watch them make a mistake. I want to help them. But it, it, it turns into me just being a raging bitch about it. So that's something that I am personally working on. Okay, probably wait. why I've so- been ghosted. <laughs> these comments you just leave me on wait so what's the difference between being a bitch and being a nag is there a difference well I asked if you were (laughs) naggy and you said no I'm more just like controlling which then led to you saying you're a bitch so I'm trying to draw full circle or is it a parallel line like what is the difference or are you saying you are a nag (laughs) I'm 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 a nag I need to work on that She's like, do as I say, not as I do. Don't be a nag. It hurts all your relationships. But yet, I'm going to continue to do it. (laughs) I'm working on it, okay? This is Mm. called personal growth. Mm. Lots to grow. Lots to grow. Hey, Tori, why are you single? I mean, we've determined what's my problem. What's your problem? (laughs) I am emotionally and just everything unavailable. Whether it's work, whether it's some guy saying, hey, like, open up to me. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. Bye. That's actually really true. I will say that Tori ghosted me this last week. <laughs> so- <laughs> it's I funny did. because when we have these dating segments, I am definitely the female view and Tori is the male view. We don't even need a guy because Tori (laughs) is the man in our relationship. So she asked me a question. She's like, hey, like, I want to call you. Is that fine? I'm like, yeah, like, call me whenever. I don't mind. She's like, okay, blew me off. And she texts me. She's like, so sorry. I totally forgot. I'm like, you asked me to. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? And then she totally blew me up and we still haven't had our phone call. So she, she ghosted me guys. Tori ghosted me after everything that I've said. And I laid my heart out on this podcast and Tori ghosted me. Ghost or play hard to get. Cause I know you don't like to be ghosted. So maybe I'm just, you know, utilizing that to my own, my own win of playing hard to get. We'll this call is why it I'm that. single. This is why I'm single. That, so that is why Tori is single. She's emotionally unavailable. She doesn't even want to be my friend. I have too many things to do. Sorry. I'll get to you eventually. I just need to like 
DM all my D1 recruits first and then I'll get back to you. Yeah, right. That's why I go for them. They're like, uh, I got like practice for the next 10 hours. I'm like, perfect. If we can only talk for an hour, we're on a great level. I love that. (laughs) Anywho, so what's next for keeping things spicy? Oh, gosh. I think that when you're happy and in love, people tend to let themselves go a little bit. And so if that's happened to you and your relationship, (laughs) maybe you guys can do like a fitness challenge together. You know, bring it, you know, bond over the fact that, you know, you're dieting or working out. Um, But I think that's really important. It's not the fact that what you look like matters. Of course, it does matter a little bit, but it's more putting in that effort and showing that you want to look attractive for your significant other. And I know this is definitely a very hard conversation for men to have with women because we tend to be very sensitive over what we look like and everyone is self-aware and you know when you're struggling a little bit and maybe you let yourself go and it's hard to get back on track. But I think if you do it together and not single the other person out, that's a really great way to bring up the conversation and to talk about it. And when you feel good about yourself, then you're more willing to be happier with another person. And I feel like when there are times when say, I haven't felt confident in what I look like, I tend to project that on my significant other. And so I think when you look good, you feel good, and then your relationship will also benefit from, you know, just feeling good and looking better. And I think you'll be more apt to want to be intimate as well. I mean, sometimes when you don't like the way you look, it's hard to so true be, be with someone. And I think a lot of women, it's not the fact that they're not sexually attracted to their partner. It's more the fact that they don't feel confident in their own yeah. skin. And it's a very vulnerable to be, you know, naked in front of someone, even if you have been with them for a while, that's definitely difficult. And so I think if you can, you know, make your, your partner feel very sexy and confident and, that will help your relationship on so many different levels. I don't know why this made me think of it, but I just brought when you were talking about how it makes you feel better, you feel less insecure, which therefore you, um, you don't inflict insecurities on your significant other as much. And that stemmed in my brain. I feel like a lot of insecurity comes from social media and it like, are you okay? I know that you're obviously like the hot, hot golf girl, but like, are you okay with guys like guys you've dated following other hot girls and liking their picture? Selfishly, I don't want to say anything because I want people to like my pictures. So that's why I'm really struggling with how I want to work this. Because to me, it's a business and it's nothing more than that. And yes, like I'll reach out to my followers or we'll have a conversation, but it's never crossed that line. And so hopefully that will give some reassurance to the girls that are dating these guys that we're not in it to you know, fuck your boyfriend. We're just, it's, it's work for us. It's our business. But I think if you take the time, a lot of that comes from your significant other, not making you feel confident Mm -hmm. or sexy. So I think if you take the time to build your partner up, make them feel good, make them feel like they're the hottest person you've ever seen, they're not going to be worried about the fact that you're liking other girls' pictures. A girl only notices that when they're feeling neglected in the relationship and then they're spending their time stalking what their boyfriend is doing. 
So take your attention, put it on your girlfriend or your wife or your significant other, make them feel important, make them feel sexy, make them feel like they're the hottest person they've ever seen in your entire life. And I think a lot of the jealousy issues will not be as prevalent. I agree. I agree. It all starts within. Yeah. And if you've been with someone for a long time, it you seem to be in the same routine as well in the bedroom. So spice it up a little bit. Maybe try a new position or try something new. Try anything to just bring a little bit of life back into your relationship because it's so easy to get in a rut where you wake up, you have the same routine, you go to bed, everything is exactly the same. So try to mix it up. Try to pretend like it's the first two weeks that you're dating and you want to impress the other person. It takes a little bit of effort, but it's going to make you so much happier, your partner so much happier, and it's just going to help your relationship. Question, since we're such a male-dominant following, do you like it when a man buys you lingerie? I do like it because I love lingerie. One thing that I really liked to do was to go together and to go pick it out. I thought that was always really fun. Yeah. So, oh, wait, you go together? Yeah. So homeboys going in there being like, hey, Victoria's Secret. Yep. I'm the I'm the bitch boyfriend that is here with my girlfriend. And I've always secretly kind of judged those people. Not going to lie. Well, it's different. It's a different if you're like, you know, pulling out granny panties. You're like, do you like these? But if you're going in there and you're saying what would look hot on me and they're like that I want you to to wear that then I think it's a really fun thing you guys can do together and it doesn't turn it into you know this like boring process of shopping like you guys can go pick out come home you wear it it's exciting or you can surprise them or they can surprise you but that's just one small little thing that you can do just buy them some lingerie I I love that because I love lingerie What's like, okay, so if a guy's walking in right now, he's like, okay, I got to spice things up. I'm going to head there. Black, red, yellow, lace, not lacy. Give him a few tips. I think it depends on your girl and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. notice what they seem to wear the most. I would say most women are going to gravitate towards black. Black is very sexy and it's also very slimming. Um, There's very cute, like, matching sets anything matching I absolutely love I love one pieces I think the more the better because then you'll take longer to take it off really if you just do, yeah if you just do one you know a bra and panties okay it's like what well, we'll just take that off we're good to go <laughs> but if you have all these other things it's like hey you got to take you know the corset off you have to take the pantyhose off you have to take the garter you know it is a whole process and I'm then guys even thinking about it the body's like oh man whoo stretching halfway through <laughs> <laughs> tori's like one second she's like muted doing her thing <laughs> but i think a lot of guys especially when you're in a relationship for such a long time you forget what foreplay is mm-hmm. and it's like Cool, you ready to go? And it's like you're trying to shove, you know. Hell no. Hell no. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have more pieces on, it slows the process down. Or it's something fun where, you know, your girl can wear heels in the bedroom. Or get, and I think this is a big thing too, is have her get ready for you because she's going to feel so sexy when she has her makeup done and her hair done. Mm. She walks out with heels on and you're like, oh my God, you look amazing. 
it, it just gives her a little bit of a confidence boost. And then take your time, guys. Take your time. Enjoy this moment. Make her feel really good before you guys do anything. Slow it down. And I think she'll be more willing to do it more often because right. you made her feel so good. So true. So true. And you know what? It, it really is such a debate. Like, I think, I mean, to some degree, I would say most women feel sexier in lingerie. But I would I would like our men to, to write in, P-A-R at iHeartMedia.com, and let us know, do you guys prefer lingerie or just straight up naked? Like, let's be honest here. Like, I kind of want to know because it's such a debate. I hear men typically like just nudity. But like, I think they like nudity just because it makes it easier, like I was saying. <laughs> okay, valid, valid. Well, boys, let us know. Sazim, let us know. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll stick to my condiments, please. <laughs> well, Paige, we do have one email I feel like we should help someone out with. Are you are you down? I'm so down. Let's help someone out. All right. So this is a relationship email from Chris. Around two months ago, I broke up with my long-term girlfriend for of six years. Good for you, Chris. It was a mutual decision, but that doesn't make the heartbreak any easier. After a lot of contemplation and self-reflection, I decided that I wanted to be with this person and reached out. In short, their feelings did not echo mine and we remain apart. Oh my gosh. I'm That hurt. That was sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, what is your advice about getting over a breakup? Long-term, short-term, whatever. And the second, what is your advice about getting back into the dating scene? <sighs> Well, Chris, I have a lot of experience with being broken up with, so I'm here for you. I will say it's significantly harder now with social media because you want to check up on the person that you are seeing and you will look at their Instagram and their Twitter or their Facebook and the best thing you can possibly do, you don't have to block them, but you can mute all of their content. Yes. I think that when you block someone you, you, I don't mind blocking them, but if you didn't have any hard feelings when you broke up, it could be kind of a shock that you blocked that person. Mm -hmm. So muting them is a really great way to go. So you never see any of their contents kind of out of sight, out of mind. I think that's the fastest way to break up with someone or to forget someone after your breakup. It, mute them right away. Do not look at any of their social media and do not reach out. It's so easy after a breakup to only remember all of the good times that you had together and you only focus on that and you don't think of the reasons why you broke up obviously there were reasons why you separated from this person after six years focus on that and focus on yourself focus on what you need to do to get better maybe it's working out set some new goals for yourself focusing on work kind of change your direction and then when it comes to getting yourself back into the dating scene, go to places where, where you're going to find someone who has a common interest as yourself. So don't just, unless you want just like a quick hookup, you guys, you can go to a bar and meet people. That's super easy, but go to a, if you like golf, go to the golf course. Maybe you'll find a girl there who likes golf. If you like tennis, maybe, you know, go to the gym, either go to places that you think that you're going to meet people that you're going to have a good, in, like you're going to connect with than just at a bar screaming in each other's ear and you're going to have like no connection that way. <laughs> Very valid. And my little two piece or two cents, whatever you say it, um, 
is this is the worst time to be getting back into the dating scene and everyone's struggling. So just get on a dating app and make like force yourself to start to like socialize and get yourself back into the flirting game. What's your favorite dating app out right Never now? been on one. Never been on one. But I think that it's Hinge. Hinge. I heard Bumble's mm-hmm. pretty good too. I just don't like when a girl has to initiate. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> well, there you go, Chris. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you guys suck. <laughs> so go on Hinge or Bumble. But I think especially like you're saying right now, Tori, you're stuck at home. You're thinking about, you know, people you've dated before. And again, just try to keep yourself busy. That's the best thing you can possibly do. Get a dog. Because you know what else girls love? They love dogs. And so when you're going on a walk with a new puppy, that's a great way to start a conversation. Dogs are chick magnets. So there you go. You don't even have to get on a dating app. All you need is a puppy and you are set. So I hope you guys enjoyed this dating segment. How to keep your relationship fresh and fun. And hopefully you guys can make it out of quarantine happy that's all we want that's all we want on this show that's that's all we need wear your face masks and just smize you can't smile. Really smile and get a dog if you want to pick up chicks so thanks guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week follow playing around with Paige renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.